You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. If you subscribe to the show, thank you. If you don't, please do that for us. Turn on the auto download and we would appreciate a big show today. I bring in my co-host. That, of course, is Mo Moten, national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. And we are going to talk with one of our favorite guests here, one of your favorite guests too, Mo. We're going to bring on Brian Baldinger here in a sec, get into some draft talk. Absolutely excited about that. He had a he had a short clip earlier that I wanted to ask him about that Rare fans aren't going to be happy about, but I'm going to ask it anyway because we ask the hard questions on this show. We sure do. All right, so let's get to it. Joining us now in what is a busy two-week period, it's been a busy month, is, of course, Brian Baldinger. By the way, Raider Nation, you have to know that Odyssey is doing something special for the NFL draft. Brian Baldy and Jason LaCanfora hosting the 2023 Odyssey NFL Draft Show Live. You can join them the first night as they talk to local experts and Odyssey podcast hosts across the country. I'll be joining them in the first round when the Raiders pick, so make sure you do that with instant analysis. Can't wait to do that as well. We'll see if they stick at seven or move down. That'll be one of the questions for today. Leading up to the draft, check out Baldy's podcast. If you don't already subscribe to it, you are missing out. That is the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns, uh, which has been great too. The draft show starts Thursday, April 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. You can listen on the free Odyssey app and watch on the Odyssey Sports youtube page baldy thanks so much for being back with us know how busy you are we're excited to get into this with you yeah me too look uh, i mean this these things are good for me too because i don't know like all of us none of us really know um what's going to happen a week from thursday april 27th um it used to be that you, you had certain leaks you had certain places you could go to get some information that you could then you know extrapolate well, like everybody's just so airtight now. Like, I, I don't even try. Like, and if I hear something, I don't really care. Like, I'll just wait till next Thursday night. But uh, look, I mean, this is a great time of the year for fans, for teams, um, to build your team, to get yourself on a playoff. It just takes a great draft sometimes to just turn your fortunes around. You look at Kansas City in the draft they had last year, six players were playing on defense, four were starting. And they won a Super Bowl. They wouldn't have won that Super Bowl without the draft they had a year ago. Yeah, really remarkable stuff. And 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 it's 
it's crazy. Mo and I are in this spot right now, too, where it's like, all right, let's just get on with this thing, right? All this, to your point about guessing, none of us know anything. We, we make our best educated guesses on stuff, but really, until the reality strikes, we don't know what's going to happen. But let's jump into this right away, too. We talked to you last time about the Raiders, and you agreed with us, which is, hey, listen, they got to build in the trenches. They got to build that offensive line. We like Jermaine Illuminor, what he's done. That offensive line got sneaky efficient as the year went on, but they do need more there. The defensive line, they need help in the middle to go with Max Crosby. They could use some more help on the edge. But, but Baldy, we keep hearing that the Raiders may trade up in this draft. Do you really believe that with all the needs that they have in those trenches and on the entire defense that they may consider that? I don't see these any of these quarterbacks as, as, as so elite that you want to trade up. But I'm not Dave Ziegler. He might be in love with one of those guys. Tell us what you think at this point in time, a week out, what you think about the Raiders and what they may do in round one. Well, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I, th- I I find it bizarre that you would go sign Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer, two guys they know very well from their time in New England, and go and draft another quarterback. I mean, I just don't mm. understand. I, I don't know why you would give up draft capital on a team that is so need of players. Um, and then I also think this, guys, like this just just me, just my respect for Al Davis, his flame burns inside of Allegiant Stadium. Like there's a guy in this draft at number seven that if there's one player in this whole draft that's a Raider, it's Devin Witherspoon. And it's a position yeah. of need. Like I, like Al Davis, like if he saw Devin Witherspoon play today, like there would be no, well, let's trade up. Let's get a quarterback in the future. And he'd go, give me Witherspoon. He's a Raider. Like I still think you've got to think that way because that's how the fans think. And I know you can't play and placate the fans, but like, I'm still believing in Dow Davis. Let's intimidate people. Let's knock them into the middle of next week. Let's win physically. Like, I believe, you know, let's win with speed. Like, I believe in those tenements that Al Davis built championship teams with. It's funny you say that, Baldy, because last week we had a question in our mailbag that said, who's the most Raider prospect in this draft? And I exactly, I said Devin Weatherspoon. My yeah. only fear is that the Detroit Lions may now take him because they traded Jeff Okuda to the Atlanta Falcons and they need some help on the back end. And if you heard Dan Campbell's, if you remember Dan Campbell's intro press conference, he talked about biting kneecaps and being physical. And I think Devin Witherspoon also fits the Lions and what they do in being a physical football team. So, But other than that, with the quarterback position now, as we, as Scott said, a lot of rumors fly. So you don't think they're going to take a quarterback or trade up for one, I should say. I, I don't, don't think they're trading up for a quarterback. But I've seen a lot of mock drafts that connect them to Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. And I that's kind of a lukewarm pick because I do like Illuminar. I do like what the offensive line did. Do you think that's far-fetched? Because I did see your clip saying that there could be a run on offensive linemen. Would you be surprised if the Raiders started that run on offensive linemen? Well, I think that'd be the very first lineman that would be taken. Detroit's not taking one. Seattle took two, and they both started last year. I mean, you just go through this. Like, Arizona's not going to – not with the defensive help they need and what's out there. Like, I think it's the first spot where you could say, okay, this could be a lineman take it. Now, you know, pick your choice. Like, I, I love Darnell Wright. He's my favorite. But Skaronsky, mm-hmm. Paris Johnson, Roderick Jones. I mean, you go to the list of guys. Like, it seems a little high in this draft. I don't see Trent Williams in this draft. I don't see Rayshon Slater in this draft. 
I see some good guys. And so at seven right now, Mo, like I feel like they can, but they just did re-sign Alex Barr and Illuminar. They did have Josh Jacobs leading the league in rushing. They must have been doing something right up front <laughs> with that group. Uh, it's not like Derek Carr was living on his car every Sunday. He wasn't. But, you know, look, I never think it's a bad thing to take an offensive lineman in the first round um, if you think there's value there. I just think there's better players at number seven if the Raiders just stay put than an offensive lineman. Baldy, when you see this situation, the Raiders in, the Raiders need players. They need young players uh, fiscally, right, to get all those players on a contract, a rookie contract, and, of course, they need help everywhere. Possibilities, again, you we could talk about possibilities of trading down and acquiring more picks, which I think might be smart. They could still stay high in the first round if somebody's after quarterback, if somebody's after a position player. Or if you're in the top 10 with the needs they have, do you stick there? Well, they have a lot of picks. I mean, they've got two threes. They've got three fives. I mean, they've got picks. Like, you can only – draft so many rookies, you know, I mean, like 12 would be the max. You got to sign them all. Then you got to find a way to play them to see what they could do. So I, I don't know that getting extra picks, I mean, two third round picks is really valuable in this draft, you know, having a second. Now, if you want to do something with your second round, like, I just think, I, I guess if you, if somebody was just clamoring, like just, you know, just like Chicago got one player in Carolina to go from nine to one and look what they got. I mean, they got a true bounty. It was a great deal, but it was a good draft for that. If if somehow, like, you know, you got to be – I'm going to see Dave on the clock now, too, because <laughs> this thing might go, you know, when a team is on the clock. If we start seeing Anthony Richardson go early, like, teams could be making a call to Dave going, look, we want that seventh pick. We want to take, you know, CJ. We want to take Will, whatever. Like, all right, be ready to dance. Like, it might just be that kind of draft, but, you know, hopefully – and and I'm – I'm sure they're doing all these just the way we're doing some mock stuff. Like I'm sure they're going through all their different scenarios. Like it wears staffs out, but you've got to go through it because you never know what might happen. Anthony Richards is a total wild card in this whole thing. And somebody might just say, boy, if he's there and he hasn't been taken, the Raiders are on the clock. Well, let's call Dave and see what he's thinking. You got to take the call. So by the sounds of it in our conversation, we're both on board with Devin Witherspoon. If he's on the board at seven, you definitely take him for the back end of that defense. Do you have any other prospects that you have a fit that are favorited to you for the Raiders at seven? And what, what are your thoughts on Jalen Carter? Because a lot of fans, a lot of Raider fans are saying you take Jalen Carter if he's on the board, despite all the things that he's been through this offseason. Well, here'd be a comp for me. I mean, just last week, Jeffrey Simmons from Tennessee got a hundred million dollar contract from the Titans and he earned it. Like he's a dominant defensive tackle. I mean, in the likes of Chris Jones and Javon Hargrave, I mean, he got his payday. All right. And Tennessee has been one of the most dominant defensive lines over the last four years, every year. To me, Jalen Carter is a bigger and more athletic Jeffrey Simmons. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine uh, Max Crosby not literally jumping for joy, like if Jalen <laughs> Carter would somehow be there at seven. Like you can't pass them up. Look what they have in the middle of their defense. Like start building your defense. They haven't been able to build it in a decade, but they got to start building down the center. I can't imagine a better prospect than Jalen Carter to start to build your defense if he was around somehow 
at number seven. Now, we, we talked about, obviously, Witherspoon up front and an amazing player would be a game changer for the Raiders. The Raiders also need more. They, they need more defensive back help as well. Not a great safety draft, Baldy, but at cornerback, you're going to be able to get good cornerbacks in the third round, maybe even the fourth round. Talk about that depth. I see them going multiple uh, picks at the position, maybe even three. Well, you know, right now, I think Duke Shelley, who they picked up from Minnesota in free agency, might be starting. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to watch Duke against the New York Giants in a playoff game. I mean, like he's not going to – Brandon Fashion was a special team player, you know, for a long time with the Chargers. It's kind of what he is. Like they need an elite corner. They need somebody that can step in. Like Amik Robertson's been a good player in the nickel. And, you know, Hobbs has been a good, tough kid. You like him. But they, they need a starting corner. And this is a draft, like you say, that you could get a starting corner. It's not just, you know, Deontay Banks and – Joey Porter Jr. I mean, this thing goes deep. And so, you know, Makai Blackman from USC, I don't know. I watched that kid play. Like, he looks pretty good to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. You get him in the third round, fifth round. I mean, you know, but he, he looks like he can line up and play. Uh, he's got all the, the you know, all the requisite skills that you need. But I, mean, I, I could go to the list of, you know, a half a dozen guys that might be there, you know, in one of those third round picks. Now, we talked a lot about the first round, and I think the Raiders can snag a linebacker in the second round. Some of the top names, Drew Sanders, Jack Campbell, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. Do you have a favorite of the linebacker position? Because I think when you revamp a defense, and you talked about Jalen Carter, I think one of the important parts of a revamp defense is to have that middle linebacker, that quarterback of your defense that can get guys lined up and make plays. Do you have a favorite of that position for the Raiders on day two? Well, how many middle linebackers have the Raiders gone through in the last five years? Honestly, <laughs> I can't even like, count. You, you, know, Denzel Perry, you, just don't, you just get lost. Like, it's it's crazy. You know, some teams have lined up the same middle linebacker. Like, Devin White's lined up every every game for the last, you know, three, four years. Yeah. But, you, you know, go to New Orleans. Like, these teams just line up the same. <laughs> like, you got to get it right. So, look, Trenton Simpson is a guy that can flat out. I mean, he's a three-year starter at Clemson. I think he runs in the four fours, maybe even faster. Like, he looks like it's not a great draft for off-the-ball inside linebackers. But, you know, Drew Sanders was an elite prospect coming out, going to Alabama, played, you know, put up over 100 tackles at Arkansas this year. Um, you know, both those guys, Simpson and Sanders, they, I mean, they both can run and chase. The question you have about a lot of these guys, not just these two, but a lot of these guys is can any of them thump? Can mm-hmm. any of them, you know, go up and take on Trey Smith in Kansas City? And go put Creed Humphrey on his Humphrey. Like, can any of these, you know, because they haven't done that really in college. And so that's the question that a lot of these guys have when you evaluate them. You can put a clock on them. Yeah, they can run sideline to sideline. That's good. But, you know, if, you know, sometimes you just got to, you just got to bring something to the party, you know, and, I, and you don't have to do that in college. It's not the way the game is played. Well, Baldy, listen, I know it's going to be a great and busy week for you, and uh, nobody does it better as far as talking football. We certainly appreciate you putting a tie on for us tonight. I know it wasn't for <laughs> yeah. us. It was, it was for TV, but we're, we're going to say it anyway. But thanks for doing it. Also, reminder, you can catch Brian and yep. Jason Lockin for on the draft show, the Odyssey draft show live yep. on Thursday night, the 27th. I'll be there for the seventh pick. We'll see if they keep it there. Uh, but you can catch that on the Odyssey app and also on the Odyssey YouTube page. Brian, as always, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having Brian. me, guys. I appreciate it. Good being with you, man. Have a great week. All right. We all look forward to a week from Thursday, man. It's going to be fun.
Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. There you go, Brian Baldinger. Such a great guest, Mo. We love having him on. The fans out there love him. Raider Nation, who who doesn't care a lot for national pundits overall. We know why. But uh, he's one of those guys. He always tells it like it is. And he's always shown a lot of love for Max Crosby because Max deserves it. Yeah, I think the big thing there was, and, and I meant to bring this up to Baldy, is that if the Rays would have drafted Jalen Carter, they do have Max Crosby, who's been through <clears> some <throat> things in his life. He can kind of take him under his wing. Chandler Jones has, you know, been in this league for a while. He had some off-the-field issues a while ago. So I think those two guys, if, if they're going to draft a Jalen Carter and they feel like they can put him under some guys that can help him mature, those would be the two guys you can put him. And, and defensive line room, same same position group. So he can kind of hang around those two older veterans and, and kind of, again, get his maturity up and, and stay out of trouble. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take our break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Josh Jacobs. Yes, we talked about him last show. But now he didn't come in for workouts. We're going to bring that up a little bit. A lot of concern among Raider Nation. I think we're going to reiterate what we said last week. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, in our final segment, we're going to get to the mailbag again. Questions from email, questions from Twitter, all going to be here with you on Silver and Black today. Uh, which you can also hear, by the way, I want to say hello to our listeners on The Bet in Las Vegas and, of course, to all our podcast listeners and our good friends on YouTube. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, more Raiders football. This is Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. It is Silver and Black today, round two for this show. For those of you listening to us, we are an Odyssey original podcast. If you subscribe to the show already, you are the best people in the world. And we thank you for that. If you don't subscribe to the show, make sure you do and put on the auto download. That way you don't miss us. If you watch us on YouTube, hit subscription, but also hit the notifications bell. And again, a hello to our listening audience on the radio. That's right. On the bet in Las Vegas, our Odyssey radio station in the home of the Raiders. We appreciate you guys listening to us there as well. This is Scott Branson. and I'm your host along with my partner, Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Follow him at Mo Moten on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Okay, Mo, 
let's wrap up a little bit talking to Baldy. Um, I like what he he said. I really more and more each passing hour, I believe the Raiders will go defense, and I do think they will stay at seven. I think the fact that you can get a Witherspoon or if Carter fell to seven, I know that's a, a polarizing pick with some folks. Either one of those guys is a game changer in my book. Uh, and yes, it's not a quarterback, but that's okay. I think what they can do is really start to bolster that defense. You start to make everybody feel a lot better about what this team can be. So Baldy's feedback on that, I agree 100%, and I'm more convinced it's going to happen. Baldy's on board the Devin Witherspoon train, which made me smile because I've been talking Devin Witherspoon now for, what, two, three weeks? On every show that I go on, Bleach Report live shows, other podcasts, I always say my number one option at seven, unless miraculously, you know, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young are there at seven, they're not. It's got to be Devin Weatherspoon, and and he even said it. He's one of the he's one of the most Raider prospects out there. So I kind of nailed mm-hmm. Annie's question that she sent last week, which made yeah, you said he was a dog. He was I, a guy I, that fits well with that Raider team. He, he's absolutely that guy. You just yeah. you, you you just watch a couple of games, you'll see it right away. But as I said to Baldy, my only worry is that the Lions may swipe it because I did my Bleacher Report live mock draft on Tuesday, and that's exactly what happened. My guy Ray at Bleacher Report snagged Devin Witherspoon before I got on the clock. So for then De- I took Christian for Detroit. Gonzalez. Yes, he took yeah. uh, Devin Witherspoon for, for Detroit Lions. And he explained exactly why I explained the ball is that after you traded Jeff Okuda, who was the number three overall pick in his class, you're probably going to go cornerback and the Lions are probably going to pick either Witherspoon or Gonzalez. Uh, my BR colleague took Witherspoon, so I took Gonzalez. It's, I, I wouldn't call it a consolation prize, I would call it 1A and 1B. I like Jerry. I like Joey Porter Jr. more than most, but at seven, mm-hmm. that's too high for me for my liking. If the Razor really like a Joey Porter Jr., I would take him. I would try to trade down to maybe eleven where the Titans are. But if I stick at seven, I can't find a trade dance partner. I do take Christian Gonzalez if Witherspoon is not available. Yes, and and so it was good to hear him say that because I, I think he would be a perfect fit for that. Um, and it's it's one of those situations where I think if you get. If the opportunity to move down, like he said, you have to have a big bounty to do it, but I just don't think they will. The other thing, I didn't get a chance to ask him, Mo, but I I know you've been saying it for the last couple of shows that I like Hendon Hooker. I think they could maybe get Hendon Hooker in the second or third round. I think he might fall. I know he's kind of been on the ups and people have been coming up on him, but I'm telling you, they could do that, especially if they get the guy they really want defensively at seven and he's still there in the second round. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. But just remember what, what Baldy also said. He said, you you signed Jimmy Garoppolo. You have True. Brian Hoyer there, who I don't think is going to play unless, you know, emergency situations. But I think signing Jimmy Garoppolo kind of takes the pressure off the Raiders to be aggressive at getting a quarterback. Now, I don't think they're going to trade up unless they absolutely like the no. guy that's available at two or three. Let's say the Texans move out of the second spot. And let's say Bryce Young is available. But I think the Texans would take Bryce Young if he was there. So it would be C.J. Stroud, if anything, if the Texans are going to move back. That's the only situation where I would move up for a quarterback if yeah. I'm the Raiders at seven. But with a Hendon Hooker, you know how I feel about Hendon Hooker. And I think when it comes down to quarterbacks with you and I, I think you're not you're you're way lower on Anthony Richardson than I am, and I'm way lower on Hendon Hooker than you are because I got I have questions about how offensively he transitions from that Tennessee offense to the NFL. So I just have questions about the player in general. But I get, again, I get the value of a quarterback and getting the quarterback. You won't get that that fifth-year option if you get him in the second round. But 
you know, if he doesn't play much, then he he would probably accept a modest deal, being that he could be the guy after Jimmy Garoppolo. So I I understand that that dynamic in that situation at the quarterback position for the Raiders if they were to draft Hendon Hooker in the second round. Yes. Now let's get to players on the Raiders roster. We talked about last show on Tuesday. We talked about Josh Jacobs, and you and I said, "Hey, look, no hurry. Doesn't have to sign." Uh, they they had broken off contract negotiations to focus on the draft, right thing for the team. You and I said, there's no hurry, July 15th. Now, a lot of fans, and 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 actually it wasn't written in an alarmist fashion by Vinny and the RJ or any of the beat writers who talked about Josh Jacobs not coming in for the voluntary workouts. Um, there's a reason, and when you're a guy that's getting ready to sign, and by the way, all the big names that have been tagged this year have not signed yet. There's no hurry for them to sign. Yes, they're not going to the voluntary workouts, but Mo, when you're on a situation when you're going to get tagged, because you don't come in for the voluntary workouts, you need to think from a business perspective, especially if there's a chance you may have a contract before July 15th. And so if the Raiders come back to the table with him, he's taking a pause just like they're taking a pause. I'm not mad at Josh Jacobs for doing it. I don't blame him. If I was his agent, I would tell him to do the same thing. Look, as you said, the, the main thing here is there is no, there's really no rush. I mean, Josh Jacobs basically stayed away from the team last offseason. He comes in and runs for 1,653 yards and 12 touchdowns. So I'm not worried from a, a conditioning standpoint what condition Josh Jacobs is in once he does or if he does report eventually at training camp. But you said it um, from a, from a, from a perspective of, Panic button? Could he be traded? Is he going to be a, 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 a distraction? We're far, far away from that. I, I think the focus now, as you said, is the draft. And after the draft, based on what happens, I think they'll focus on some of the players that they do have the veterans if they have to work out some contract situations, some restructures, an extension with Jacobs. I think that's going to be the top of the priority. But again, after the draft, because there's, there's just so much time. I think they understand how important he is to that offense. Yeah, no, and that's true. But Mo, you also when we you talked about it on the show last time, but then when we got off the show, you 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 texted me a story, um, and talking about the running back market. Run that through to everybody so you understand because it doesn't matter how good Josh Jacobs is. And I try I used the stock market as an example last time, but listen, you can have a really good player, but if the market for that player is in a range, you're not going to go outside it because then you set the market. And I don't see Dave Ziegler having any desire to set the market on running backs in the NFL. It goes back to the conversation we had about Devin White and acquiring him and Buda Baker that we had um, over the past show is that it's not as easy as saying he's a good player, so we're going to give him a long-term contract. You have to look at the market value. And to be right. honest with you, safety, inside linebacker, and running back are at the bottom of the total pole when it comes to uh, premiums at the position. So, but the running back position, I did text you after the show. Dalvin Cook, the Vikings are, are – there were rumors that the Vikings could either cut or trade him before after the draft. And people say, well, Dalvin Cook is a multi-time pro bowler, big part of that offense. How could they just let him go like that? And to your point, it's about the market value. The running back, the running back market is probably the most depleted market out there among the positions right now. I just said it. Dalvin Cook could be traded or released. There are, there are situations where people are saying maybe Joe Mixon is replacing Cincinnati. Uh, Jarek Henry, there are rumors around him. Could he be traded? He's been so important to that Titans offense. So and Austin Eckler with the Chargers. He, as I said last show, the Chargers cut off talks, extension talks with, with Austin Eckler. So now he's faced with playing out his contract and betting on himself. He doesn't have a choice unless he gets a trade partner to acquire him and want to pay him a new deal. So 
the top running backs just aren't getting paid. So I don't expect Josh Jacobs, even if the do if the Raiders do give him an extension, I don't expect yeah. him to top the market either. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why, that's why I listen uh, to the fans out there. Don't get, don't be worried about it. I mean, he will sign the tender, right? Eventually, unless they give him a new contract. Why would you sign a contract when you're trying to get a new one? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And to the point we made last show, Mo, there's no hurry you have to the middle of July. Right. The only issue here is, and I said this on the last show, is if he looks around at the Raiders roster and he feels like the Raiders aren't going to compete or be competitive, he right. may say, look, if you want me to pay for a team, play for a team that's only going to get five to six wins, in my opinion, you're going to have to give me an extension to play for a team like that. Now, if he feels yeah. like this team could compete, win nine games, could potentially compete for a playoff spot, I think he'll play under the tag because that's what he said during Super Bowl week. But again, it all matters of where he thinks the team is headed. Because again, if you're going to take the pounding, if you're going to take all that punishment, that physical punishment, you want to be rewarded for that, especially on yeah. a bad football team. Yeah, no question about it. It'll, it'll be interesting. And I don't think it's a distraction for the team. You know, you have new players there. You have Garoppolo. You have guys there that are in the building in Henderson on Raiders way, doing what they need to do to, to kind of get into the system again and to familiarize themselves with some of their teammates, the facility, just getting back into the rhythm here in the spring before they get some time off before camp in the summertime. And one quick thing I'll say is that the Raiders also still have a safety net. I know a lot of people complain that Zamir White was a wasted pick last year because he, he barely played because Josh Jacobs went off. But I think having Zamir White gives the Raiders a little bit of leverage of Josh Jacobs saying, well, we have Zamir White here. We know he hasn't done much, but we're not going to pony up big bucks for a, for a running back when we drafted a guy <laughs> in the fourth round. I also drafted mm -hmm. uh, Brown in the seventh. So they, they have some guys. They're unproven. But they, they can say, look, if Josh Jacobs walks away or if he holds in or holds out, we have guys that we can develop behind him. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, there you go. That's the Josh Jacobs story for the day. <laughs> and some thoughts on the draft. I'm serious, though, Mo. I cannot wait for Thursday because then all this conjecture is over and then we can actually get to analyzing guys who will most likely be on the Raiders roster. We will have some answers. We can start to at least somewhat pass some judgment on the front office, right? We don't really know what these guys will be until next February, by the way. But by the way, we can at least start to say, okay, what did they do at number one? Did they move around in the draft? What did they do with their picks? The deep picks, third, fourth, fifth round, what did they do there? Did they find value? Is this guy one of those hidden gems? We're going to have a lot more to talk about in – uh, about a week and a half than we do now. And I'm all for that because all the mock drafts, all this BS about the quarterbacks, I'm just going to be glad it's over. Same here. I, I know this is a, I've said this on a Beach Report Live show. This is a true BPA draft for the Raiders. I don't <laughs> think they go cornerback, quarterback at seven, but they can pretty much take the best player available at any position. Although I wouldn't like an offensive lineman there. As Baldy said, I think for Peter Scaronzi, seven is too high. Mm -hmm. But I will say there are two objectives the Raiders must check off the box. They need a lead cornerback and they need a linebacker. Regardless of what happens on the draft next week, those two positions they need to address and with players who can contribute right away. Yep, there you go. All right, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, it's your time. Yes, your time. It is the Raider Nation mailbag, which we love to get to this time of the week. We're going to answer your questions and have some fun, too, when we come back here on Silver and Black today. You're with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere.
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. If you could only hear us in the breaks, uh, you'd have a lot of fun. This is Silver and Black today, the home stretch. Mo Moten, Scockle Branson, your sage guides taking you through the latest news, views, and information about your Las Vegas Raiders. Again, a big thank you to Brian Baldinger for joining us, of course, NFL Network. Also part of the family here at Odyssey. Make sure you listen to the draft show. The Odyssey Live draft show will be on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. He's doing it with Jason Locken for I will join them live. We're going to be competing with Mo, who's going to be on the Bleacher Report show. Mo, that's at the same time, right? How, how You're going to come on and talk about the Raiders pick on that as well? Basically, it's a watch show. I'm going to kick it off at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific ah. when the draft kicks off. So I'll be talking through pick seven when the Raiders are on the clock. So if the there Raiders make a move or if there's something that impacts the Raiders, I'll be able to talk about it live on air and you can join me and we can you know, have a sip of something and see what happens. A sip of something and a lick of some mint chip ice cream, oh, baby. No. No. <laughs> Not happening. To go with your warm potato salad. <laughs> we were talking on Twitter on, on Tuesday. Was it? Yeah, Tuesday. I can lose track of my days. Um, about warm potato salad. My former boss, my former editor at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Kurt Kern, was giving me crap. He loves to give me crap because... I still call him boss. He was one of my first bosses in the, in the business. And so we still do it. And everybody was ganging up on me on the, on the warm potato salad. But there was one guy who said to put it on top of a hot dog. I think I saw that. I wasn't sure if I read that correctly. I was like, now, are these, is that the allergy meds acting up? Did he say put it on the hot dog? I don't know. I was, but then, I was curious. But then I thought about it. And I'm like, okay, if it's warm and it's potatoes, putting it on a hot dog. Now, I'm originally from Chicago back in the day where we don't put ketchup or any of that crap stuff. And you're from New York. It's a mustard, mustard town. So putting a warm potato salad on a hot dog, I might have to try it, Mo. I might have to try it. Hey, I'm up for trying it, especially if it's warm. <laughs> Not cold. There you go. Speaking of, speaking of warm, our listeners, yes, they're warm. They're fired up to send us questions, as they always are, Mo. 
Uh, and the first question for you is about your Brook is about your Brooklyn Nets hat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's that's an inside joke for longtime listeners. Okay, so this one comes from Twitter at Real Super Sean S E A N. Traditional uh, spelling of Sean. Shout out to Real Super Sean. I've known him for years. Yes, much yes. much respect him. He's been supporting my work for a long time. Super Sean, I know you sent a DM. I wasn't able to answer that DM, so maybe this question has to do with that DM that you sent. He, right yes, now. he sent me a DM too, and I told him because it was a question, and it wasn't necessarily for the show, but I told him we would answer it on the show because we liked it, and I figured maybe he sent it to you. He did say he's known you so long that back then you had dreadlocks down <laughs> your knees. Is that, is that right? Is that you didn't have I, dreadlocks? I don't think that's too accurate, but we'll we'll, we'll ride with that. <laughs> okay, I thought it would be fun. All right, so here's what Sean asked. He says, "Would you guys be cool coming away with Forbes and Cansey?" And gaining picks to get the highest rated tight end and linebacker. That's from Super Sean. So Forbes, of course, and Cansey. Cansey's going to go, I think, I mean, I think Cansey's one of the top 10, 12 players in the draft. Don't you, Mo? I would say top 10, 12, but I would say top 20, just for context purposes. And the the Bleach Report live draft that I had on Tuesday, I was able to get Cansey for the Bills at 27, and I was shocked. Oh, wow. I think. I actually think Kansi is the second best defensive tackle in this draft behind Jalen Carter. I know a lot of right. people like Brian Brzee. I, Brzee, I, I, I would stay away from Brzee simply because, again, the injury history scares me. Um, I Maybe he played out of position at Clemson, taking all less double teams and just being a three-technique defensive tackle may help him. But I like Kansi out of Pittsburgh. I don't think he's Aaron Donald because a lot of people like to push that Aaron Donald comparison because they were both from Pitt. But I think he could be very effective and very disruptive in the middle of the of a defense if the Raiders miss out or pass on a Jalen Carr. I think Kansi could be that guy. So to answer Superstar's question, I would definitely take Kansi, but I'm not taking him at seven. I'm probably moving down to get him. The, uh, Emmanuel Forbes is a guy that I like. It's just that what scares me is he is super thin. Yeah, he's very. Uh, when thin. I say Emmanuel Forbes is, he is 166 pounds, I believe. And I watched the draft show, and, and, and I believe it was Greg Cosell saying that we've never seen a cornerback at 166 pounds excel on this level. Right. So you're looking at an outlier. Now, he was a ball hawk at Mississippi State. We have 14 interceptions. So that's what you're looking at when you get an Emmanuel Forbes, the guy who forced turnovers, which the Raiders do need badly. But you have to look at his size and think, man, he is awfully thin at 166 pounds. Now, maybe he can gain some weight and get up to 180, and I would be more okay with it. But he would have to come in, and we the first thing we're doing is giving him hot dogs with potato salad on it because uh, he's got to he's got to. No, what happens is our producer, David Stepanian, takes him to the Vegas buffets and just says, Eat. dude, see the line? Just go yeah. get two items from every line and just keep eating. Right. I mean, he's got a bulk up and, and the weight room too. obviously an NFL weight room. Not that they don't do great in college, but it's just a whole different regimen in the NFL when you don't have school to worry about. And that's your job. So it'd be interesting. But I like Forbes a lot. But when you look at you think of Porter, you think of Gonzalez, you, you think, of course, of Witherspoon. Um, all of those guys to me are better prospects. And so, Sean, I, I would go with any of those guys. Especially, I mean, you're talking about seven. It's got to be Witherspoon, maybe Porter, maybe Gonzalez, depending on how the draft lines up. But those three guys in that order, or excuse me, any of those three guys at seven, to me, makes sense. Uh, I know we're both big Witherspoon fans, more so if he's there at seven. If he wasn't there at seven for some reason, which is might be the case with Detroit, then definitely Porter. I like Porter second, and I like Gonzalez third. 
even though Gonzalez is getting all the hype. Here's how I'll break it down for Sean. At seven, Witherspoon, for cornerback specifically, at seven, Witherspoon is my top guy. If Witherspoon is not there because the Detroit Lions swipe him as they did today in my mock draft, then I'm taking Christian Gonzalez because I think he's also worth the seven. I think if he's if he's a, a Pro Bowl-level cornerback, get that at seven. But if the Raiders trade down, I like I actually like Joey Porter Jr. as a prospect more than Christian Gonzalez, but I'm not taking Joey Porter Jr. at seven. Again, as I said earlier in the show, I would trade – if the Raiders trade down – into the you know 11th spot because the Titans want to move up for a quarterback who's available at seven. Then I take Joey Porter Jr. there, but uh-huh. at seven it's Witherspoon yep. Gonzalez trade down. It's Joey Porter Jr. But if the Raiders get uh you know a Jalen Carter or address another position in the first round and they have to get a or they, they want to get a cornerback in the second round, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Forbes, Keely Ringo will come into come into the effect. Cam Smith, who I really like, those are the tier two guys in my opinion. But as you said, tier one. Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and Joey Porter Jr. Absolutely. All right. At Real Super Sean on Twitter. Thanks for the question. We certainly appreciate it. Now we go to our traditional and and weekly email from our our great listener and viewer, Gary Harkenreader. Gary (laughs) uh, writes in, he says, with all the draft banner and the smoke screens, my question to you and Midtown Mo, right? <laughs> right, it's got to be midtown mode. All right, we got to play the theme. He, I mean, he, he referenced your title. We have to, and you've been midtown mode like three times in the last two days or whatever it is. All right, there we go. Uh, regarding the defense, is Patrick Graham going to be the one making the, the choice, the draft choice? Basically, example on draft day, the Raiders are on the clock. Ziegler turns to Graham and says, We can pick A, B, or C. Which one do you want? Thanks, Gary. Gary, I don't think that's how it works. I think the way it works um, in most NFL front offices is, yeah, the defensive coordinator, the head coach have input. They, they have their guys. They've already ranked their guys, okay? And so when, when players come off the board, they pull the player off and whoever's left, and then they get to that point, I'm sure Dave Ziegler will say, okay, guys, w- you know, our top two guys are gone. We're down to three and four. You had them rated close together. Let's, let's talk real quick about which one we like better. And then Dave Ziegler makes the choice. I think it's a conversation. He doesn't make the pick, but he certainly has influence. Right. You want your defense corner to be involved because at the end of the day, he is calling the place with these guys. So you, right. He has to be involved in that conversation. But I also think that you also lean on your scout team to know what works for your defense. So I think what will happen, just to simplify this, let's say Scott is GM Dave Ziegler and I am Patrick Grant because Scott's white, I'm black. <laughs> but anyway, let's say he has five guys, right? That that he's got. How do you know says, I don't identify as black? Come on. <laughs> let's say let's say GM Dave Zucker, uh Go Branson has five guys that says, look, these five guys fit your fit your scheme. These are the top five guys out there. And then I say as Patrick Graham, okay, I like these five guys. So if there are three guys that we both like then those are the three guys that we focus on and maybe we throw out the other two. But it, as you said, it's a collaborative approach where you try to find some common ground between your scouting team and what you feel you need on the field. But you would hope that, again, it's a collaborative effort and not something that we saw with John Gruden in the Reggie McKenzie years where you have multiple draft boards and guys disagreeing. Hopefully, as as Mark Davis said, when he hired Dave Ziegler and Joshua Daniels, that there's some synergy between head coach, GM, and some of the assistants, Sham Kelly and the guys and the coordinators, because you want that synergy in a draft room. You don't want five different opinions, and then you get exactly. on the clock and you don't know what you're doing. 
I think it'll be a collaborative effort. I think they come together and find common ground some of those prospects, as you said. Absolutely. All right, Gary, as always, my friend, we appreciate you and we appreciate your questions. Okay. And by the way, Gary, thank you for not making it 16 paragraphs. I appreciate that. Very good. We read keep them all. Writing, keep, yes, writing, keep writing, Gary. Keep writing, Gary. Keep writing. We're going to collect, we, we can, we're going to do a book by Gary called, <laughs> called My Questions to Midtown Mo. All right. Okay. Our next one, this is a great one because this has to do with potato salad, but I'll, I, I, you won't understand it until the end. All right. It says, hey, guys, last time you mentioned Raider Nation is not really excited about the draft. I think the reason is my, my opinion is obvious. No clear understanding of the big picture of where this team is heading to. Coming from over 20 years of disappointments with a new front office, including the non-existent experience and success, we do not know what to rely on. I can see all, all I can see is the top guys being drafted by us, but what's the strategy for this offseason, including free agency? I would really appreciate it if you could discuss this as a puzzle in total. Is it a rebuild? Yes, no, partly. I believe that Ziggy, I love that. He called him Ziggy. Ziggy and Josh expected way more substance in this roster coming to Las Vegas, and that's why we got Adams and Jones. Or does this, or do these hirings still make sense in your opinion? Thanks from Raider Nation all the way over in Germany. Nice. Yes, Germany, where warm potato salad started, by the way. <laughs> that's why I looped those together. All right. So there's Daniel in Germany. Dan, uh, Listen, the show, like Raider Nation, is international. We get questions from all over the world. It's really cool. And Daniel, we appreciate you sending in your first question. So, Mother, there's a couple things to unwrap there uh, that we've talked about on the show a lot, which is, number one, I'm going to start at the end, uh, not with the potato salad, but with with uh, did they know the roster? We talked about this right at the end of the season and as we started to go into free agency, right, which is, no, I don't think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels had an idea of what the roster was until the season got a third of the way in. And then they made choices. They understood, Hey, this might not be the quarterback we need. Hey, this talent level is not what we expected or what it was on paper, which is why when we first got here, we said, Hey, this isn't a rebuild. No, we have a roster. We think we can compete quickly. They were wrong. That does not make them liars. What it meant was when they got in and they saw the product on the field, they said, wait a minute, we don't have all the right pieces. Am I summarizing that correctly, Mo? Yeah, there's a big difference between being a liar and just being flat out wrong about what you have. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think it's the latter for, for the Raiders. Mm. I think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels thought, okay, we have a court, we have a veteran quarterback with a lot of experience. We have some pieces on the offensive line, we have some pieces on the defense. Denzel Perryman was coming off of his first Pro Bowl year as, as middle linebacker. So I feel like the Raiders came in, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler specifically came in and said, we can compete right away. Why else would you acquire yeah. Devontae Adams to pair with a Derek Carr? Why else would you sign Chandler Jones to a big deal? So you, they definitely thought that they could compete in year one, and it turns out they were wrong, and they weren't able to compete with the roster they had. Derek Carr wasn't the right quarterback for them. Chandler Jones now looks old. Devontae Adams was fine, of course, but in totality, it just wasn't enough to compete in the AFC West, compete in the AFC period, where it only wins six games. So now you have to pivot and change your plans. And, yes, it is a rebuild. You got rid of your quarterback, got a new quarterback. We've said it many times on this show. They need starters on every level of the defense, so they have to revamp their defense. And they added a wide receiver. Now, I know mm -hmm. they were pretty good at wide receiver already with Adams and Renfro, but they added Jacoby Myers at $11 million a year. They traded Darren Wall, who's one of their top playmakers. This is definitely a rebuild and a pivot from their original plan, which was to compete in the AFC. Yeah, no question. And then if we get into the other part of the question about – 
not being excited about the draft. Totally understand. We've actually said that, right, as we understand the skepticism because it's been just, uh, you know, dumpster fire after dumpster fire. For the most part, there's been a couple of good things here and there, and I certainly understand that. And I think that the, the idea, Mo, that, that they haven't communicated well a vision. Now, I understand this, and I think there's a good point to it, but at the same time, I don't know how much fans want. They're not going to say, hey, here's a 40-page guide on how we're going to build this team into a winner. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. That's not, that's not meant to be a smart-ass remark. I'm just saying that they're going to paint a vision, hey, we're going to build a winner, right? Here's what we're going to do. And I think they've already said it, actually. When you look at it, Daniel, is they've said, listen, we need to build through the draft. They've said that numerous times over this offseason. So I think they're giving you the vision is it's going to be a little while. Hmm, it's going to be a little while. We've got to build to the draft. We'll fill in with some free agents when we can. But we need to get better at every position. And to do that, we can't just go out and spend money or we'll, we'll shoot the whole thing. We need to build with young guys in skill positions, develop them, and keep them around. Even if you don't want to filter through all these press conferences to, find, to piece together and find out what's the direction of this football team, I would tell fans who are confused just to look at what how the Raiders have approached the offseason. It tells you everything about their at least their short term plan. You've the said this. You've, you've said this the entire offseason, right? And I've said this for many weeks. Look at what they've done. They get rid of Derek Carr, replace it with Jimmy Garoppolo, who has some injury is, issues, and that's why I don't think he's a long term answer. They signed a bunch of the guys on the defensive side of the ball to short term or modest deals. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs is still waiting for a new contract. What this tells you is that. It's a rebuild offseason, and they're trying to build from the draft. They have 12 picks. They, did, they didn't trade away picks for players. They got right. rid of Darren Waller for a pick, and they have 12. So what that tells you is that they're putting a lot of their eggs into this draft to rebuild this roster. So remember, let's just keep in mind that there's $30 million tied up into players who are not on this roster from the previous regime and then for letting go Derek Carr. So if you put that all together and you do the detective work, it tells you that it's a rebuild year, and they're trying to do it with young guys from the draft and cheap guys off the cheap contracts and free agencies. Yep, there you go. Daniel in Germany, thank you so much. Send pretzels and beer. We appreciate that. Okay, <clears throat> now our last question we'll get to really quick, and this is wild because it comes from somebody I do not know in my hometown of Carlsbad, California, which is North San Diego County. He says, Mo and Scott, if the Raiders take a quarterback, mark my words, they will be set back for eight years. I don't believe any of the top quarterbacks, including Richardson, yes. are going to be NFL starters six years from now. We need to focus on defense, all of it, and offensive line. Am I crazy on this? Thanks, Daryl in Carlsbad, California. Go Lancers, by the way. That's my high school. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you writing it. So, Mo, I, I, I think we said this uh, in the first segment with Baldy, but also in the second segment when we recapped, which is I fully believe them not to, to go up and get a quarterback or to take a quarterback at seven, i.e. Will Levis or whoever's left. Um, I anticipate that they're going to go all defense. An offensive lineman, Baldy, you mentioned you followed up with him on what he printed, I think, or posted on Tuesday about offensive linemen jumping ahead of wide receivers in the first round and in the second round. And so we could see the Raiders go defense and an offensive lineman. That would not surprise me. I still think they'll go defense, defense. But I don't think they're going to do a quarterback. I think they'll do a quarterback later on a flyer to see, bring a young guy in and see how he does with the two veterans that are in going to be in camp already. Um, but outside of that, I don't expect quarterback play here. I don't expect quarterback unless the Texans trade out of the second pick 
and CJ Stroud is available. I, I'm not yeah. saying I expect the Raiders to draft up, but I would I would think that they're going to make a phone call to see what what is the price moving up because that's what it boils down to is what is it going to take to move up? And if the price is high, I can see the Raiders being satisfied with just sticking at seven and taking the best defensive player available, which is fine. But I want to get to the emailers eight year time frame. <laughs> eight years is a long time. It's a long time. I, if the Raiders were to take a quarterback at seven or trade up for one and they miss, I, I think the thing to remember is picking the picking the quarterback that wists will set you back in the short term. But the bigger problem is when you pick a quarterback and try to make it work knowing that he's not the guy, right. sticking with a bad decision sets you back eight years. Making a bad decision doesn't set you back eight years because you can you can whiff at the quarterback position and draft another guy a year after we saw the Cardinals do it. But but look with the Jets. Like that quarterback that you didn't situation didn't work out. I know they haven't gotten Aaron Rodgers yet. Uh, and that's going to force their hand. And so in some ways, having to take the Aaron Rodgers contract could set them back, although they're ready to win. So so there's ways past it. I don't think it's the old days where you get stuck with a guy and you're done. Because to your point, you get them on a rookie contract um, and and you're talking about, yeah, you have that four years. But but still, if if it doesn't work out, and in this case, you already have a veteran there who, by the way, has an NFC championship ring. Remember that. I know he gets injured a lot and all that jazz, but the guy's won. I, I know you can say a team around him was great, all that stuff. The fact is he's won. So so it's not like it's going to be your only hope. And then if you miss on a quarterback, then you can, and you're not very good in your rebuild mode, you might be in a position next year to trade up and get one again. So, so again, this is a situation where I don't think it sets you back uh, as far as you think, maybe it sets you back a year or two, depending on your situation. But other than that, it's not to. And and this Raiders team, I think, is two years, probably three away from being a serious playoff team. And I say serious, meaning they could go deeper in the playoffs. I think after a year of rebuild, they could actually be in a position to make the playoffs. So so I think you have to keep that in mind. I get what you're stressing, though, Daryl, which is I don't want them to take a quarterback. <laughs> so I yeah. get that. So I, I understand that, and I think that's the fright of a lot of fans is that what if we take a quarterback and he turns out to be a bust? We're going to be a bum team for the next five, yeah. ten years. Yeah. And as I said, it's one thing to make a bad decision. You, it will set you back. It could set you back one or two years. It's another thing to stick with that bad decision too long. And that's what, that's when you get to, okay, we're going to be bad for eight years if you stick with a guy who should have been gone a year, two, three years prior. So – don't be afraid. I, I would say if the Raiders do a draft a quarterback, I wouldn't be afraid of that of that pick simply because that guy is not going to be expected to play right away. Because you, as you right. said, we, they have Jimmy Garoppolo there, so there's time to develop that guy, whoever he is, if they do draft someone. But I don't think it'll I don't think it'll set you back ten years if you're not going to be stubborn about it. Agreed. All right, there you go. You got through all the mail, man. Okay, now we'll take a breath and we'll recap uh, for next week. So next week, draft week. Uh, on Tuesday's show, we're going to have on Matt Holder from Bleacher Report. Matt's going to bring us through some more draft. We're going to do our final look-in on the draft before Thursday night um, and make sure that you guys have the latest and we'll get his opinion. He's also obviously a Raider fan, so we'll have a sense for what he does there. Then on Thursday, we won't have a regular show on Thursday because of the draft itself. Again, I'll be on with Brian Baldinger and Jason Law Canfora when the Raiders pick in the first round on the Odyssey 2022-23 Odyssey NFL Draft Show, which you can catch um, on the Odyssey app or on your local Odyssey station. You can also check it out live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page and as well as on Twitch. Mo will be live on the Bleacher Report Draft Show 
covering there too. So you can catch both spots. We won't be on a show here at Silverback today, but we will both be on draft. And then we will work out the schedule and do our post-draft recap with you uh, probably that next week. Uh, so, so next week we'll drop the one show and then maybe a second show late in the week if we can get to it. If not, we'll get back to you early that next week. But Mo, I'm looking forward to getting Matt on. He's been so knee deep, I should say neck deep in uh, draft stuff. It's going to be fun to talk to him. Absolutely. And just a quick shout out to Gary Harkery. We didn't get his question about undrafted free agents. Who the oh. we look at. We'll get to that with Matt since he's been, as you said, neck deep in, in prospects. We'll talk yes. to him about that and get back to Gary. So shout out to Gary. We didn't get you. But as you said, just a lot going on next week with the draft coming up. You're going to be on the show. I'm going to be doing a show. We're going to have Matt on. Raider fans are going to finally get to see their new crop of rookies. I, again, I've said this before. I think the Raiders are going to bring in at least 10 guys. I don't think they're going to make 12 picks because they're going to be maneuvering up and down, trading mm -hmm. picks to move up for certain guys. I think we're going to see 10 new Raiders, and at least eight of them are going to have a chance to make the final roster. There you go. You heard it from Mostradamus, his other his alter ego, not Midtown Mo, but Mostradamus. Three personalities. Uh, that's right. You got you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but we'll be back with you next week uh, at some point. So we'll figure that all out. But we appreciate you guys being with us. Do us a favor. But well, first, I got to say goodbye to my friend Mo. Mo, have a great week. We will talk to you on Tuesday with Matt. Yeah, I'm going to try to get some sleep before this upcoming week. I'm gonna be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all sleeping in this weekend. All right, Mo, I'll talk to you later. Um, okay, and don't forget, subscribe to the show. If you don't already subscribe to the show, do so wherever you get your audio. Subscribe, put on the auto-download so you never miss a show, especially Tuesday, Thursdays when we go live, or excuse me, when the show goes live. That means when you wake up in the morning, boom, it's there for your commute. You got to love it, so make sure you do that as well. Make sure you also subscribe on YouTube, hit the notifications bell, and thank you to our listeners on The Bet in Las Vegas for being with us. We certainly appreciate you listening on the radio in Las Vegas, Nevada, Battle Born. For our producer, David Stepanian, for Momot and my co-host, I am Scott Branson. Thank you so much for being with us. We will talk to you next week, Raider Nation. Enjoy the weekend. Take care.